Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. The Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour special end of year edition. That counts as a fancy intro. Yep. (laughs) Um, In which we are today ranking each our top 10 films of the decade. I'm Sebastian. I'm Andy Schossler and I was around for this decade. Yep. As was I. (laughs) I'm Jordan. Uh, Alex couldn't make it this week, um, but very special. He also couldn't make it, but for our top 10 lists, our past host and producer of the show, Zane C. Weber, has actually sent in his top 10s for this week and bottom 10s for next week. So we kind of have a ghost host today. I like the sound of that. Yeah, so very exciting. So we've got four top 10 lists to go through from, well, number 10 through to number one. This was a difficult thing to do. Can we take a moment to address how each of us compiled the list that we have? Yeah, I literally personally sat down and made a list of all the films that I love in recent memory and then had to go and find out, did they come out in this decade or not? (laughs) And then eliminate many films from my list and then start a new. (laughs) So mine was my my personal process of elimination of what films just kind of came to my mind. Right. For the bottom 10, it was a little bit different, but I'm happy to talk about that next week. Um, But for the top 10s, it was literally just... Make a list, check it twice. <laughs> da, 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 don't get sued. Yep. I had a very similar process. I just thought of you know, what movies kind of stand out in the last few years that I really, really loved. Uh, wound up with only about sort of five or six. So that's when I started looking at other like lists of like, you know, top 100 movies of the last 10 years and kind of going, oh, I forgot about that. That was great. That'll go on. And just kind of compiled the rest from there. Um, only just started to arrange them in... Uh, order about 20 <laughs> seconds ago. But that's, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Give the, it time. The ranking I found to be the, the toughest part. And that's, like, the, that's the part that I'm rushing. Yeah. <laughs> Get, uh, nailing down 10 films of all the, the good films of the last decade was tough enough, but then ranking them individually yep. was, was the toughest for me. Yep. Um, I am having trouble <laughs> as I type away as we speak. Well, I did, I did something a little bit different from both of you. I mean, who keeps notes on... You know every single film that they see over the last ten years. Rain Man. Rain. <laughs> he would know. Rain Man. <laughs> he would know. Actually, well, you tell me the story, and I can tell you someone that does. I've actually interviewed someone that literally I, does this. David Stratton. Really? He keeps a small, um, like 
uh, what do you call like a almost like a palm card or okay. a little index card of every single film he has ever seen wow. and a brief list of thoughts and a rating and he puts them in like a in like a bookcase. That's a great alphabetical. idea. Yeah. Um, he was telling me about this during an interview like a couple of years ago and I was like, wow, that's next level crazy, my dude. I didn't say this to him though because he's like a hundred years old and. <laughs> You I don't like want to it. tip him, but he does actually literally do that. I mean, it's such an easy thing to do, and then you've got this catalogue after you know seeing you know all the all these films. I didn't do that. <laughs> I, was, I was relying largely on my memory, but I actually went through. You know, everybody's compiling top ten lists of the year, of the decade, and such. So I went through you know a, a, a few of these lists. Uh, you know, page one of Google because whoever goes to page two, <laughs> it's the old joke. If you ever want to hide a body, hide it on page two of Google search. <laughs> uh, and, and and just sort of reading the titles that that were there, I don't think I uh, had 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 a similar order to to any of these any of these lists. But it was just about getting through mm. you know, all all the titles that sort of made it through, and then whatever films I thought of along the way. Like, you know, if there was a sci-fi film that made me think of another film that I quite enjoyed, you know, I would stick that on my list of uh, films that I saw and liked. And then from there, I had to pick out the 10 best and, and sort of rank them. So I, I ended up with two that were not on any top 100, top whatever yeah. list that I could find anywhere. Well, that's very exciting. But the, but the rest of them did rank somewhere on somebody else's list. I'm actually quite proud of my top 10 list. I'm not so much proud of my bottom 10 list. My bottom 10 list feels like if you've listened to the show for the past two years, <laughs> you got a good idea of what's on it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty you know, open with my emotions for the films that will come up next week. I'm The way I kind of imagined this in my head, it was that old Treehouse of Horror episode of The Simpsons where... You've got the rocket ship with all the good of society, your Lisa Simpsons, you know, and they're going to Mars to repopulate. And then you've got your Homer Simpson rocket, which they're being launched directly into the sun. <laughs> Today is all about that rocket to Mars. <laughs> Next week we talk about the sun. <laughs> and that's kind of honestly kind of where I came from, like going through what, which of these 10 movies, what do they mean to me personally? Like this is not... I mean, we do a film review show, but I would not—I would hesitate to call any of us film critics because that I hate that term, to be honest, anyway. It feels kind of snooty. So you might have to actually put in some effort. Uh, if, you were, <laughs> if you were. I Imagine a film critic winging their show intros every single week. <laughs> this is... I don't know. I, I, I have like the perfect can for this, but it sounds, like a, it sounds like a fucking brag and it's not. Like I do literally do the... I, I do submit film reviews to that magazine and they do refer yeah, to me as their yeah. film critic. And yeah, like, Sebastian, I've just pulled up your Facebook page and the uh, oh. second thing in your bio is film critic. It's oh. because it's on my resume oh. because I literally do it for a print article <laughs> for me. But I don't like the term because I'm, I, I, there's no school for that. It comes with a lot of baggage. Yeah, and it, it always feels like, oh, you're a snooty film critic, are you? And I'm, I'm just, I just want to watch a good movie. And sometimes yeah. I'll also watch a bad movie and that's fine too, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, always grain of salt guys, just an opinion. But if you have an opinion that, you know, you feel strongly about, you can hit us up on Facebook or send us a, an email, you know, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But please, if you have your own top 10 lists as well, uh, around the time we post this episode, we'll pop something out on Facebook, jump on there, you know, give us a bit of a yarn. Let's do this. Let's do it. Well, do we want to start? Well, I guess we'll start for number 10. Sure. Um, Andrew, will you kick us off? And I'd be happy to. So mine ended up being a list. 
the, the way I ended up uh, sorting through them was, uh, first of all, to nail down the 10, they had to be films that uh, were awesome. And I mean that in the sense that I, I watch them and I'm filled with awe either in the story that's being told or the atmosphere that it that, that it creates. It's just I like being in this world for you know 90 minutes, 120 sure. minutes, whatever mm-hmm. the film is. And also, you know, films which I have genuine affection. Like, I love these films. I could watch them at any time, at any moment, and the only way I could rank in between them was if you gave me a choice between, you know, five and six um, of those two films, I would always pick five o- right. over six. That's, that's, that's how I ended up uh, ranking them. So in number 10, 10th best film of the last decade, Arrival. Okay. Arrival, the sci-fi yeah, yes. one with the Julianne Moore. Yeah. This is going to come and up and the quite he- a lot. Heptapods. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was an interesting idea from the start. I have actually not seen Arrival. Okay, which is I know it's on Netflix. It's been for a while. It's it is on my list, but I haven't gotten there yet. And this is unfortunately I'm going to walk through this quite a lot when I give you Zane's list. I'll be like, here's a movie's name that I haven't heard. I've heard some of these are well. <laughs> I've heard really really good things. So it's it's um, Amy I, Adams. Um, Amy Adams or Julianne Moore. I thought it was Julian. Moore. I thought it was Amy Adams oh and God, so um, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner definitely is in it because I thought it was Lois Lane and Hawkeye. That's how I remembered it. Oh, maybe, maybe it is. It yeah. is Amy Adams. Maybe. Oh, oh, there you go. I've been thinking it's Julian Moore all this time. <laughs> I don't even need to see a movie to talk about nah. it. it, guys. It comes with the film critic title. <laughs> Gross. I quite, I quite like linguistics and the evolution of languages. And this film spent a lot of time talking about how languages work and how on earth you would even begin to communicate with somebody who hasn't even, you know, evolved on earth. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, pictures may not even be enough because they're a completely different DNA strain. Okay. And I've heard, like I said, I've heard very solid things about this film I liked too. it. Yeah. The ending's a bit weird, but not bad. It kind of ties everything up very nicely. Again? I know that I've seen it. I just can't remember the end. Do you mind if I spoil it? I I'm going to literally mute my microphone and my headsets, and you can just uh, you can just tell. Oh, me. No, 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 I'll, I'll Google mean, it. Don't just, worry. Yeah, just just very just very simply, she ends up um, sort of being um, uh, what's the word? Kind of uh, ends up cooperating with the aliens a lot more than anybody else on Earth. Okay, that's it. Right. Um, I'll give Zane's really quickly. I should say he did have a little bit of a proviso. Sp- spiel on his sure. so he goes top 10 just the movies i want to watch the most right now i cannot separate them by quality as there are too many different too much different criteria i have also excluded tarantino as i am biased in that direction <laughs> however i can say that 2018 was the best year for him cinematically okay so i'm only really noting this because he's taken tarantino off the list because tarantino is not off my list so it might seem Mine weird yeah. that tarantino pops up on me and not for zane he's actively gone against that so I can guarantee if that was the case, sure. we'd have like four or five extra films added. Zane's number 10 film though is, and you'll have to help me with this one, Beasts of the Southern Wild from 2012. Oh, I can't say I'm even familiar with the title in passing. Well, it's- To IMDB, I go. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, um, fun facts about that movie while Jordan looks it up. The first word in the title is Beasts. <laughs> <laughs> and it did come out in uh, 2012. Southern Wild, okay. 
You got a little synopsis there for us? IMDb tells me that faced with both her hot-tempered father's fading health and melting ice caps that flood her ramshackle bayou community and unleash ancient aurochs, I'm guessing is that word, six-year-old hush puppy must learn the ways of courage and love. Sounds lame. Sounds Oscar worthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan, what was your what was your number ten? Uh, number ten, like, like I said before, with um trying to pick this was hard because there is so many different criteria as to what makes like a great movie. So I've just picked movies that, like you guys said, I really enjoy mm. that I will rewatch. Um, they're, they're always going to be subjective. Exactly. Um, I came in at number ten. It was a bit of a under the radar choice, but I went with um, Kevin Smith's 2011 film Red State, which I really, really enjoyed. Great oh, film. Okay. Really fun film. Haven't seen it. So it's basically it's about um, a, I guess you'd call them like fundamentalist Christians. Yeah. Basically, like really um, militant okay. uh, Christians who uh, basically take these um, three teenage boys as sort of captive, I guess, as they're waiting for. I guess it's the rapture. They, have, okay, they feel like the yeah. rapture is coming and they've yeah basically kidnapped these three boys and are keeping them hostage as a little bit of like action stuff with like a bit of a like sort of siege with some cops and things like that. But the main reason I love the movie is it's focused so much around Michael Parks who plays the lead. Okay. And he's brilliant. Like I, why he didn't get more like, I guess, meteor roles in his heyday really confuses me because he's so good. But the whole movie is basically just Michael Parks doing monologues and it's fantastic. Okay. There's this, um, if you, after, we'll go watch the movie. Definitely recommend doing that. And then you'll pick up, go on YouTube and find, um, there's a Kevin Smith interview where he talks about an alternate ending that he had originally planned but didn't go through with for this film. I, I'm not sure if Jordan's aware of it or not, but effectively the alternate ending is it turns out these crazy fundamentalist Christians that were doing all these horrible things were kind of doing so under the actual blessing of an angel. And it kind of flips it in like the very last moment where they are actually ushering in the end of the world through what they've done. Oh, but really? on behalf of an angel. Yeah, it's like um, one of the characters is like dying on the floor or something and he turns up and there's literally an angel in the room that just like kind of looks at him and goes, shh. And it's the whole point was they were actually lit, like as crazy okay. as they were, they were actually doing it on behalf of God. Okay. Which is a fun little twist. Would have been interesting, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well. But that, that angel would have had to have been Matt Damon. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I tried to go my. I tried to touch on a, a few different genres through mine, and I, I, after trying to pick one good film from each genre and then ranking them for where they sit. So, this for me is kind of I had to do one of them, and this is my favorite one. Um, my number ten film is X Men: Days of Future Past. Okay. Uh, best superhero film, I think. It was. Pretty Ever. good, yeah. I, it was re- honestly originally I had Avengers in that list, and that was more just because look at how well they did. And then I was like, yeah, but X Men: Days of Future Past kind of does the same thing and a lot better. Okay. Um, good, uh, nice little time travel story, fun, fantastic opening. I kind of just like how it plays with both the same characters we met in the early two thousands to all the new ones that we've met. Was and that, was it the first time we had uh, Fassbender and McAvoy? Second time. Second time. Yes. Okay. Um, but this is where they've time Wolverines traveled yeah, back from yeah. the future where it's like a dystopian apocalypse and yeah. it's yeah, it's a comic book film. I'm gonna call first, it what it first is. First class I'm thinking of. Yeah, which yeah, is also yeah. great. Also good, yeah. But yeah, Days of Future Past, I fucking love that film. Yeah. And one superhero film was making the list, and that's the one that did it. <laughs> so I don't know, Fox right. did well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't be surprised to learn that none of the Marvel films made it to my top ten. 
Technically, neither. <laughs> not because not because they're not great. Just that they're all kind of the same, and I don't think they have much rewatch value. At least not for yeah. me. I for the record, I tossed up putting Winter Soldier on that list as opposed to X Men. Yeah, it was, um, was going to be Avengers, Winter Soldier, or that one. Okay, and I just totally felt this was the most adult one, had the highest stakes that weren't crazy over the top, and honestly, just the best acting. Well, there you go. Like you put Fassbender in a film, you have Patrick Stewart, yeah. McAvoy, like in Great Helen, cast. like yeah, you're gonna you, win. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they knocked it out of the park. That slow mo Quicksilver scene as well, <laughs> like such iconic shit. Yeah. It's oh, good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of CGI. My ninth entry is an animated film. I thought you hated cartoons. Mm, no. You yelled at me for putting Studio Ghibli films on the list. <laughs> yeah, he didn't yell, like he raised at you. his voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my number nine is a 2015 film, Inside Out. Oh, that's yep. good, yeah. That made my, my bigger list before I whittled down. Every time I watch that, I have a physical response. Is it because of the elephant I, man? No, yeah, Bobo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is uh, Bongo? Yeah, I think that rings well. Yeah. Every time. Every time he sacrifices himself to let... Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Joy. Joy. Uh, go on. Yeah, I tear up. Mm. It's a good film. It's a great little It's movie. a great film. Yeah. yeah. Zane's number nine is Drive. Another film I have not seen. Okay. I've heard um, wonderful things about it, but... I was reaching for my phone, but I'm like, oh no, I know Drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that one for him. Cool. Uh, my number nine was uh, David Finch's Gone Girl. I really, <gasps> really enjoyed that. Yes, that was on my list of great films. Yeah. It, it was on the top ten for, for a little bit. But yeah, it definitely it, made mine. I think that was – it was great because it's such like a cool – like it's a good story, but it's yeah. a really well-made movie as well. And like part of me still unashamedly does love Ben Affleck. And this was in that period where he was back to doing good movies right. and delivering good performances. So it definitely sits well with me there. But um, yeah, I love that movie. I watch yep. it probably at least once a year. Wow, okay. Yeah, I was, I was blown away by it too. That's so good. Once again, I kind of feel the black sheep here. My number nine is uh, 007 Skyfall. The best James Bond film of all time, I would argue. What am I being looked at? We're reviewing it next year. I'm so excited. Am I being, why, are you being, why are you death staring me? We'll have to wait until next week, Seb. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I think, yeah, it's, I think it's the best 007 film. Like I said, I tried to touch on different wow. genres. We're going to have fun reviewing it next year now, I think. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> um, Casino Royale, close second. The, the remake of Casino Royale. Great film as well. Um, but Skyfall for me, fantastic villain. Great setup. I love the travels throughout. Um, they go to this abandoned island um, in Japan. Um, which is where Javier de Bodem's, um like little palace is, where he's living before they take him back, and he does his whole breakthrough MI six. I love that film. That is peak Bond for me. I'll Who, take your word for it. I'm not a Bond guy. Well, too bad you're reviewing it next year. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm aware of that. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to become a Bond guy. <laughs> it's great. Everyone loves it. It's a, it, it's on my worst ten list. <laughs> I, I got the yeah. feeling. Yeah. yeah. That one's oh, okay. But the well, mystery we'll is where on the list. <laughs> Tune in next week. I'm shocked. <laughs> All right, well, number eight. All right, number eight, Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Back in 2012, he made, um, I guess you could call it a biopic in a sense, uh, Argo. Oh, yeah. About that the mine, Iranian yeah. hostage uh, situation and about getting the American filmmakers out by disguising mm. them as Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great movie. Or the, uh, the American spies out by disguising them as yeah. Canadian filmmakers. A great film. 
I love watching it. It's all it's all about uh, the the tension in setting it up and putting all those pieces into place from all around the world working yeah. with the movie studios and just that idea of uh, of and getting it to all work together, making sure they have yeah fake posters. I mean, they they yeah. create a fake movie just to save six people's lives. Crazy, yeah. And that's uh, that's a story yeah. worth telling and 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 listening to all over again. Absolutely. Zane's number eight Zane's. is Shape of Water slash Fish Fuck Movie. I never saw it. <laughs> I have no idea. It's Guillermo del Toro. Really good makeup. Um, it's Beauty and the Beast. I think I don't know. Um, somebody's going to yell at me for to this. To be fair, I've that's, not seen it. that's all I know of it as well. Yeah. As like there's some fish fucking. So yep, I'm sure it's wonderful. I'm yeah, just never got interested enough to see it. I'm sure one day I'll see it and I'll be like, oh Seb, you're an idiot. You should have seen that sooner. But today is not that day. <laughs> Ready? Uh, my number eight was the first of a few on this list where I kind of had to put two in the same spot because I couldn't really break between them, uh, which was both Hereditary and Midsummer. Um, okay. So as like I'm kind of like I guess the token horror fan of the of the panel, <laughs> I guess. So I couldn't not put them on there. Um, they're both just so so good and so creative, um, so well made. Like they're just great to watch because they're so visually intriguing. Like I find Ari Aster as a filmmaker definitely at the tail end of the decade has just sort of become someone that I'm really intrigued to just see what they do next. And just someone where like, regardless of what genre they do, I'll watch it purely because I feel like they're really good at their job. Um, so he's someone that I'll be following going forward for sure. But I couldn't pick between the two of them because they're both, they're not similar as such of films, but tonally and like thematically, I find that they're very similar and they're both just so good at, I guess, what they're trying to achieve. Um, but yeah, both both great. Both movies I definitely will rewatch. Right. Okay. So number eight, I had a tie. I couldn't pick this one. A tie as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, but for kind of similar reasons, but they're very different films. Um, for me, they were just films that really played with their genre. And you'll see, I had Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Fair. And I had Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yes. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah, Cabin in the Woods film, yeah. nearly made mine. Yeah. Um, very different films, but both taking, one's taking video game culture and trying to just show that visually in a way that has not been done before. And Cabin in the Woods, kind of like the last action hero, how it took like the action hero genre, taking the horror genre, and it was comedy as well, but you know. I was but, surprised yeah. how much I laughed at Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. It's genuinely it's such a fun time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't pick between those two and they're both good, so I wasn't gonna. So okay. yeah, that's a fair one. call. <laughs> All right, number seven. Uh, back at the start of the decade, 2010, another biopic, The Social Network. This made my, my, my big list before I whittled down. Okay. I like this film. With, uh, how strange. This is also my number seven. Oh, how about <laughs> yeah. that? Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, yeah Jesse Eisenberg uh, playing Mark Zuckerberg and yep. sort of talking about how Facebook started from its very inception as just this, you know, way of... Ranking uh, uh, good-looking good girls yeah. at, at the college, the and college, then yeah. yeah, and then that gets uh, sort of um, what's the word shoehorned in yeah. to this project that he's working on for the Winklevoss twins about this dating thing, uh, and then that becomes quite popular amongst many other campuses, and it just rolls out and rolls out, and you see it get get bigger. I mean, of course, Facebook wasn't a hit overnight. No, not right away, and it's changed. It's evolved uh, and continues to evolve all the time yeah. uh, just with different different ideas different uh, formats of how it's going it's wonderful to see that in action yeah just it's such like a fascinating story to kind of watch play out on the screen mm -hmm. it's like really great um 
great dialogue too. I think I, I haven't watched it in probably a couple of years, but it just sits with me. I feel like it was a really great like dialogue driven film. A lot of the dialogue from the depositions was taken directly. Oh, really? from, yeah, was taken directly from the, the depositions that ac- actually happened. I mean, there's a little bit of creative license, sure, but for the most part, they were word for word. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> not not necessarily in their entirety, like you know, chopped, chopped and changed, but almost all the dialogue in mm. there did come from uh, the actual depositions. That oh, that's that fascinating. Came, yeah. Oh. yeah, so it feels real because yeah, it's real. It was, yeah. <laughs> Zane Summer 7, which will come up a little bit in my list, um, Get Out. Uh, okay. Yep, that made yeah. mine as well. Um, but I, I'll talk about that a little bit more when it comes to my list. But um, yeah, good film, right? <laughs> yep. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was surprised by it. Yeah. You know? I like, uh, what's his name? Jordan Peele. Yeah. Um, I liked his um, uh, sketch show with... Cam uh, uh, Peele. Yeah. Cam Peele, yeah. And even his other film, um, Us. Not bad. I it wouldn't make this list for I me. Mean, I haven't seen us yet. Um, Seb, you you shoehorning my list. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll talk about that one later. Um, as for me, my number seven because is um because you you had seven as well. You guys are the same yeah, one. Yeah, the same. I had. Bear with me. Can't read. Birdman. Oh, okay. The yeah. Michael Keaton film. Okay. The one that's like shot like it's meant to look like it's all one take. <laughs> I really like it. It just it flows really nicely. It was nice to see him actually like back in movies and in good movies too because he's yeah. quite a talented actor and having him drop off for some, quite some time was sad. Well, he was in Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, and you can or, debate yeah. that this role got him that because he kind of reappeared. Yeah. I liked him in Homecoming. Yeah, he's great in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But yeah, that's me up number six now. Number six, nearly halfway through the list. My goodness. This one was not on any top 10, top 100, whatever mm-hmm. list I could find. Tom Cruise picture, back in 2014, Edge of Tomorrow. This was my original mm. number my number 10. I bumped it off. How about it that? was so close, yeah. I love this film. I can't explain what it is that I love about it, but I watch it. I I love the Groundhog Day feel of just reliving the day and, you know, he changes, the character changes his uh, um, goal, uh, for the end of the day, all the way through the film. At first, he's just trying to get through the battle and he's remembering, okay, I've got to do this. And you you never really get a, a feel for how many times he's done it, but you know it's a lot. Yeah. Okay, and and every time, yeah, he's, you know, okay, I've got to step to the right this time because I've never gotten this far and now I don't know what to do. And then he meets up with uh, the um, Emily Blunt's character mm-hmm. and starts on a new trajectory and, okay, we can actually take out the, the thing. I can tell you what's going on. And I like the, I like what's what's not said in the story is that every day he has to go through the same thing ever again. Every single day he has to win her over. Right. So while we're seeing them grow on on screen in the in the story, in the background you understand that he's having to have you know all these boring conversations over and over again, yeah, right. and trying to sell them in a way that she's actually a part of the conversation because you know she's not going to believe him. Or you know she she starts giving him cue words. So okay, mm. if we if you know this word or know th- this person or this event or whatever, it means we know each other you know, to this extent so I can mm. trust you just implicitly because I know what you're going through. Mm. Right. I love that part of the film. Mm. I've heard it's a very good movie, but I just cannot stand Tom Cruise. He's, he's actually really nice in it. I'm good surprised. In, yeah, yeah. Really good in it. All right, I'll give it a chance. My, um, <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of Stargate SG-1 is called Window of Opportunity and it is Groundhog Day. Okay. And- yeah. You were saying how he has to repeat the same boring oh, conversations. Well, they've got the um, 
nuclear explosion in the bunker or something? No, no, no it's um, some off-planet crap. But they, okay, right. it's the people that are stuck in the loop are Jack O'Neill. Um, what do you call him? What's the MacGyver? What's the name? Yeah, uh, Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Dean Anderson, perfect. And Teal'c, um, perfect right. Christopher Judge. They're the only yes, two I who think are stuck in the. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's the same episode. And um, it's a good one. Yeah. Jack's whole thing is every time his day restarts, his he, first thing is get punched in the face. No, no, no. no. His, his thing is um, he's talking to Daniel Jackson, the scientist on their team, and Daniel's been talking about this like long scientific uh-huh. thing, and he just turns to him and goes, "Yes, yeah, so what do you think about that?" <laughs> and he's like, "I wasn't listening the first time." And yeah, Teal's first memory every time a thing that happens every day is somebody opens the door into his face. Oh, Teal, yes, 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 yes. Every single time. <laughs> and so just the idea of having to repeat the same boring conversation is mm, good. Um, Zane's number six, are we? Number six. Oh, goodness. Da, 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 da. Here's number six is La La Land. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. La La Land <laughs> <laughs> made my list of films I didn't see and never want to. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I know, but, <laughs> yeah. but there's nothing drawing me to it. Uh, there's there's a lot of hype about it. I'm just not interested in it. La La Land. I think Land. I watched it on a plane once. Okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> First film I ever did a written review for for the magazine, actually. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. As like a, let's see what you got, kid. And they're like, oh, that's what you got. Please come. Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's it's fine. Um, okay. It's kind of whimsical, but it's honestly mostly depressing at right. the same time. It's this weird little blend of, um, what's her name? Oh, what's the lead's name? I've forgotten it now. Emma Stone. Emma Stone, thank you. Her character's like really hopeful about breaking into Hollywood, but at the I, I, she's got all this aspiration, but at the same time, the reality of what it's like to be an actor trying to get noticed is very bleak and it's mostly sad. And then what's his face? Oh, I'm bad with actors today. Oh uh, Christ, what's the lead's uh, name? Ryan Gosling. Gosling, yeah. That's him. Who I think plays a guy called Sebastian actually. Oh right. Um, yeah, he's a, like a waiter at some bar and he wants to open up a jazz club. So it's kind of, he wants to go more than the musical route. It's it's fine. Sure. It's I think if you were in the musical theatre community trying to kind of get into mainstream acting I think it would be more relatable to you um, but as for me it just seems like a bunch of whiny bitches that need to get a job right yep Ready? Uh, my number six I had Richard Linklater's Boyhood which I thought was a beautiful film but also in and of itself uh, like a just an extraordinary film achievement really because like they literally shot that over like 12 years with all the same people. They just get back together every couple of years and make some more of the movie. That's so cool. Mm. That's one way of <laughs> describing it. That also made my list of films I've never seen and really? never want to. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I no, liked it. Just because that that to me seems like a, a gimmick to yeah, get, to get people it into is. it. And I don't think it's you know a logistical you know achievement to... you know put an entry in a calendar and say, okay, let's all meet again in a year's time. No, that's fair. <laughs> for, for for page 20 of the script. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because like I'd never seen a movie that was made like that before. Okay. So as much as like I thought that was cool, the movie in and of itself is really, really nice. Like it's basically just a really nice story following a boy from literally being a child to going to college. Okay. And it's just one of those things where somewhere in – his life, you can always find something that you'll identify with. It's just, it's just a really like, I guess like it's a fairly like cliche kind of coming of age movie, but um, one that I, I think is really, really good. I'd definitely go back to it every now and then. Okay. My number six was Get Out. We've already kind of spoken on yeah. that, but 
nice subtle horror great acting just I mean performances in general were fantastic a little bit different and I'm really interested to see where Jordan Peele's going to go with the rest of his like horror career I see he's Absolutely. show running um, Twilight Zone at the moment but he's also remaking Candyman yes. and if you've seen the first Candyman it's not so much a slasher as it is sort of like this psychological thing at the same mm. time well, so good. I'm genuinely okay. very interested to see where he takes it as opposed to what all the sequels were which are just how mm. many hooks can I put through a person yeah um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, number five, guys. Okay, well, that Get was Out was my number five. So I'm just going to oh, jump okay. in there. Oh, perfect, yeah. You've pretty much, yep, you covered it. <laughs> it was great movie. Jordan Peele, uh, similar to Ari Aster, someone that I'm really, really interested to see what they do next. And I think Candyman, him doing it, should be pretty cool. I think and probably respectful. The as, yeah. as they go on the Candyman series, it gets a little bit like black exploitation, just a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. The first one is honestly, it's quite subtle with a lot of stuff that mm. it's doing, but it's just. Time goes on. The people that were attached to the first one aren't attached to the second one and so on and so yeah. forth. And eventually you just get, it's the guy from I Know What You Did Last Summer, but he's black. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah, candy. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I'm not kissing Jordan, Keel's, uh, Jordan Peele's ass. Okay. So what as opposed it? to everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel left out? <laughs> not There's at all. There's some room if you want to squeeze yeah. in. <laughs> oh, a, a gorgeous buttocks, I'm sure it is. Uh, n- number five for me, also t- 2014, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I did like that. Great. Film. This film will come up later. Yes, it will. Mm. And Good I look film. forward to it. Yeah. Look, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favour. It's a, <laughs> it's a New Zealand film about kind of, kind of a, a, a satirical you know, parody take on Interview with the Vampire yeah. of yeah, what would happen if vampires lived in the modern world. How would they fit in? What would they be doing? How would they go about their business? Yep. And it's just wonderful. It's yeah, yeah it's a very funny film. Yeah. If you're if you're a fan of um, Taika Waititi, uh, Taika Waititi or Flight of the Concords, yeah, um, also it has a uh, Jermaine Clement in it, and very much that same style of humor. Yeah, Zane's number five, which I've not seen, is uh, Death of Stalin. Wow. Okay, you've seen it though. Can you talk a little bit about it? I will talk about it later on. Oh, in the okay. List. <laughs> yep. oh, okay. We'll, 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 put a, we'll put a note in that one. And you said your number five was Get Out, get was out. it? I had it on par with us. I couldn't pick between the two. Ah, gotcha. My number five is Shutter Island. Okay. I oh, fucking yeah. love that film. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Scorsese kind of doing like a little, of a, a little bit of a parody. I get, not even a parody. It's very blatant in what it's trying to do, but it does go about it in a nice little way. Mark Ruffalo, DiCaprio. I think, is it Max von Sydow's in it as well? Um, oh, okay. I think he might, don't quote me, I forgot. Uh, there's, he's an actor that looks just like him if it's not him. Yeah, um, yeah I love this film. Um, great replayability, able to go back and see things you didn't see on the first time, done on the second time. They really play along, uh, play around with actually how the film is presented to kind of give you these little hints as to what's going on. Have you seen it before, Andrew? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I think I saw it once or twice, definitely at the cinema when it came out, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's mm. well, I really, really enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> Top five enjoy it. Um, but yeah, um, I guess number four. All right, number four, another 2014 film. The middle of the year, the middle of the decade, really got uh, really got some good stuff out. Uh, Whiplash. I, I think that might be on Zane's list somewhere. It was the. It has um, what's his name. Uh, J.K. Simmons, isn't it? Okay. I don't know the kid, but it's about a drummer mm. uh, who gets into this program, into J.K. Simmons' um, uh, sort of or- orchestra, uh, this jazz orchestra, and he's just 
ridiculously uh, uh, punishing and, and, and tight on the whole orchestra. It needs to be perfect, it needs to be good, and just pushes this guy to, uh, to be an excellent drummer. I don't want to spoil anything. It's a it's a story that you have to watch to sort of get because there's a lot of emotional mm-hmm. uh, you know, build up in in it going along. But if you don't mind a drama and like some good jazz music as well, and J.K. Simmons, it is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, we've already talked about Zane's number four. He has a tie of Hereditary Midsummer, which I think Jordan okay. had a little bit earlier on. So oh, yeah, there you go. More alike than I thought. There we go. Um, keeping the Scorsese train rolling. My number four was Wolf of Wall Street. It's a good film. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, great um, long, but not to the point where I find myself getting bored at all. Like, I right. feel like it's pretty enthralling in that kind of regard. And it's got, obviously, great cast as well. Like, I think if that movie was cast differently, I feel like I'd feel differently about it. <laughs> yes. Like, I think everybody in that movie just really embodies their role. And it's, yeah, it's another movie that I can go back and, and watch, like, countless times. I think it's got good rewatchability. It, obviously, great story being real life but yeah really really good i would put it yeah about number four i i was gonna have it a little bit higher but then i was like no it's really really good so i pushed it up to four (laughs) it was originally in about nine or eight but that being said i did arrange these in order during the introduction segment of this show so (laughs) the departed made my original list until i realized it was from like 2005 Uh (laughs) i was like oh yeah that that's a good reason to exclude it um number four that's what we're on right oh goodness I have gone Mad Max Fury Road. Wow. Fair. That was number one on a lot of lists that, that I yeah, saw. I noticed that, yeah. Great action, fun little story. It just keeps going. It's amazing to see a movie just constantly builds stakes the entire time and doesn't right. feel exhausting. And it just looks so good. Would you recommend it? Yes. I've never seen it's it. It's my number four movie. No, of <laughs> <laughs> no genuinely. Um, there is a, I've not seen it. They call it a black and chrome, but there's a black and gold version of it. Now. Sorry, black and um, white version of it out there. I've only seen the color version. I wouldn't going to say, having only seen the color version, I would still recommend that one yeah. because it looks fucking fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I, know. I, I can see why they would have done the black and white like sort of gimmick with it because it's, it's kind of fun, but like the movie looks so nice. Yeah. Why would you want to take away from that? And you'll love like reading about like behind the scenes, how mm. long this movie took all the disasters. It was George yeah. Miller back at the helm who wrote the original Matt and directed the original Mad Max. Um, but it was a fucking disaster backstage. Like this film <laughs> okay. should not have been okay, let alone brilliant. It's incredible what it did. Okay. Oh, very good. And now we break into the top three. Well, here we go. That's so the, 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 the bronze medals out. <laughs> Everything was window dressing up until this point. <laughs> Uh, my number three for the decade, 2015 film, The Big Short. Oh, mm. that was really good. It's uh, so an all-star cast. Christian mm. Bale, Great, yeah. Steve Carell, um, other people are in it as well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the names escape me, but it does have quite a few in there. Yeah. And a, a lot of cameos of people. It takes the time to follow the story of uh, uh, three different three different groups um, all addressing the financial uh, crisis, the 2008 financial crisis, uh, s- sort of explaining how it how it came about, but really just giving it an in-depth view into the financial markets, how real estate works, and just giving you that insider gritty mm. look of that reality is sometimes much messier than you ever expected to be, uh, and in a way that you know people who are unscrupulous or just clever enough to to see an opportunity can make a ton of money from it yeah and just a brilliant film i love watching it over again i love you know getting getting that inside scoop and just that documentary feel of it 
I don't think has been replicated in in any other film that that has tried as successfully. No, I don't think so. Yeah. No. I'm gonna have to rewatch that again soon because I remember watching it and thinking like, yeah, this is a really good movie. But I think when I was watching it, I was like just distracted by something else, <laughs> so I wasn't able to fully take it in. But um, I, I saw it pop up in like my Netflix queue the other day. I think so. I'm gonna have to yeah give it a proper watch. It's great. It's got good factual information there, and it's quite an emotional ride as well. Mm. Uh, Zane's number three will be taking home half a medal each because he's got two, Ooh. and they're both films we've already spoken about. Um, he's tied Birdman with Whiplash. Wow. Okay. So yeah. once again, we've we've all put in these are really strong films, and that's that. Where are we on to number three? Three. Okay. Um. So top top sort of end of my list is gonna get fairly basic. Um, my number <laughs> my number three is Spider Man Homecoming. Wow, I love it. Yeah, so I loved that movie. I like Tom Holland is so damn good in the role. Like he's easily the best Spider Man we've had since Tobey Maguire, which isn't saying much because it's only been Andrew Garfield, but he was just okay. Um, yeah, the movie's so fun. Like it's just I can watch it over and over again and not get bored. Like just the story, the pacing, the performances, just. Tom Holland as Peter Parker, I feel like is so perfect. Like it's the closest that you can get to the comic book sort of portrayal of the character. Mm. And I, I just love that. I love watching that portrayal of Spider-Man and Peter Parker on film. And Michael right. Keaton as well. as oh, the whole he's show. great in it, yeah. Yeah, great. I like vividly remember the first time I watched the movie, like the feeling in my stomach when he shows up at her house <laughs> and the vultures, her dad. Oh, it's so good. Them sitting such in the a, car. Such a good reveal. Yeah. yeah, that whole scene. So it's like the movie's practically a comedy, but that scene is so tense. Yeah, like it's, it's amazing. Great. It was, uh, uh, Michael Keaton was my favorite part of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he definitely top number two. I'll put yeah. it behind Tom Holland because I'm giving him a lot of credit, <laughs> but Michael Keaton, very close. My number three movie of the decade, and this was tough. Um, I ended up going Django Unchained. I okay. love that film. Okay. Um, it was a toss up between actually another Tarantino film as well. And it was going to be the one that we've recently seen um, mm-hmm. a long time ago in Hollywood. But really? I went Django. Oh, that high. I really, really enjoyed that film. I haven't seen that. We reviewed it. Did you not review it with us? Not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, wait. We didn't review it. No. I saw it from me. <laughs> that was right. I remember being so happy getting to see it because I was just seeing a movie and didn't have anything to do with it. I, I wanted to and the schedule just never allowed for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a really good time with that film. They're very different, but I've gone Django only because- Right, like at the time of the list, and even right now, out of the two films, if I had them both readily available on my TV, I would put Django on. Okay. What I wanted okay. to do was Inglorious Bastards, but it came out before the decade. Mm. Certainly did. Otherwise, it definitely would have beaten the other two. But, you know, this is the world we live in. Um, have you seen Django yet? Yeah? yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, good stuff. But so, I, I, I know the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christoph Waltz is yeah. fantastic in it. And unlike in Inglorious Bastards, where he's, a, he's the big villain, but he's also the side character, he's just in like 90% of this film. Yeah, it really is his movie. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is also really great in it. And Leonardo DiCaprio playing a villain. Very nice. Good stuff. Mm. I'm a happy boy. Uh, and there's a scene where I'm pretty sure uh, Tarantino is meant to be Australian. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> right. okay. It's a horrible I accent. Vivid, I, love I vividly it. remember that and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Best part of the movie, yeah. But guys, silver medal time, number two. Silver medal. There was a better Tarantino film out this decade and that was The Hateful Eight. That made my, um, yeah, that's my number two. Yep. Hateful Eight. I saw it for the first time when we did the review last year. Recently, anyway. I don't think it was this year. Was Zane it? was still on the show, I think. So within the last two years anyway, yeah, yeah. it was the first time I saw it and I've seen it a couple of times since. I loved it. 
Mm-hmm. I love this long form. It's a long film, two and a half hours, two and three quarter hours. Yeah, it's on the way to three, yeah. But just this long form play, essentially, that just rolls out. It's all story. It's all dialogue. I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only good. Tarantino movies I haven't seen. It's really, really good. The fact uh, that you rated it Netflix so highly, still. I will need to watch it. Right. I mean, the opening scene is just 40 minutes of Kurt Russell and Samuel L. Jackson talking about a fucking letter in a, in a carriage as they go to this thing. And it's just get on really, it's that. so captivating. Mm. Yeah. It's a good film. That's my number two. It's on my two watch list. <laughs> <laughs> Zane's number two. Oh no, I keep looking at my phone. Okay, I have no idea what the fuck this is. It's just called The Favourite. came out last year. Oh yes, it's about uh, uh, um, Princess Mary, who was. Uh, is it that sort of comedy-ish one? It's, I, I don't know. I, I, I never saw it either. It's, it, during Widows, it's on my it's on my list of you know films I didn't see but really wanted to. But it was Olivia Coleman. Yes, it, Col- yeah. as uh, Princess Mary, who was sister to half sister to um, the first Queen Elizabeth. Isn't isn't so? Isn't Coleman playing in the Crown? Isn't she playing? And she's also the playing uh, Elizabeth II in the Crown. That's in, so funny. In the third yeah. season. Yeah. Jess has been watching that. I've been catching parts of it. The Crown's actually pretty solid from what I've seen. I've only seen you know bits and bobs while I've been you know in and out of watching it. But. I haven't started the third season yet, but I love the show. Yeah, it's really well made. But yeah, um, mm. I've heard really good things about the favorite. Then what was your yeah. number two, Jordan? It's back to number two. I'm uh, at a point where I could have done this list and had all of the entries be Marvel films, but I decided not to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two, <laughs> I've gone with Avengers Infinity War. Yep, fair Really? Call. Yep. It was the number two film for you of the decade. Look, I did arrange these in 20 seconds, like <laughs> I said. But <laughs> yeah, like I, I loved it. It's a movie that I've watched countless times since. And I think the main thing is like it's the first... Well, it's probably not the first, but it's the first of the like sort of Marvel movies where I feel like you really get the full effect of all of these merged stories coming into one. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so well put together. They can craft a story across all these different movies across 10 years and then just have them all kind of involved into this one film. I really love. But I think the main reason it sticks with me is because I'll never forget the feeling of sitting in the cinema during the snap. Yep. <laughs> That's just something that I'll never forget, I don't think, especially not within the last, the next decade. For me, it's, I can't express how important it is for there to be a strong um, beginning and a strong end to a film. All the in-between is very important, but you don't capture me in the first five minutes. I, it's going to take a long time to get me back on board. Mm-hmm. And with the ending as well, the way that Infinity War starts off with like Thor's captive, Loki gets his neck snapped, bam, 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 fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, hook, yeah. here we start. And then the ending as well, when they, they are literally pulling you into a sequel. Um, so, such a strong way of doing what they were doing. Um, and that's kind of, for me, when I think of that movie, I think of how it started and I think of how it ends. And okay. yeah. the in-between's good, but those, those two book, um, book notes there, they really, they're the past that, that flood into my mind. Okay. Yeah, back. definitely. My number two is The World's End. Um, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. I fucking love that film. It's a great time. It's sad. It's actually really sad. The more I watch it, the sadder it is. Every time I've watched it, I've grown to like it more. Yeah. And the last time I watched it, I think was was a few months ago, uh, it really hit home. I don't know. I don't quite know why. Right. It gets, I was saying it's like legitimately, it's quite a sad film. Yeah. And every time you watch it and you pick up this extra little thing that Simon Pegg was doing as Gary, Mm -hmm. it, 
it's fucking tragic. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, great soundtrack. It's shot fucking perfectly. <laughs> the story is so neatly done together. I love Edgar Wright's writing style. And it ties off the yeah. Cornetto trilogy very nicely. Absolutely. Yeah. He won't start something if he doesn't plan an end for it. Everything, yeah. you feel so satisfying. It's so satisfying watching it um, just from like a, like how is it structured standpoint. Yeah. Um, acting is great. Action's fun. Fucking Pierce Brosnan rocking up in it as a not robot. <laughs> I this film was my number one um, for the last week, and I okay. and because I couldn't, I was debating it and my number to my number two at the time, and it it, it did shift during the week. It was tough though. Yeah, but unlike Zane, I'm not going to unbiased my favorite director <laughs> from this list. <laughs> like, he's a reason he's my favorite director. Yeah, and here it is. Certainly. Um, but here we are. Here we are. Gold medals out. Drum roll. Number one, best film of the decade, I think, was Death of Stalin. I've not seen it, so you're going to have to go into a little detail for me, please. Uh, Armando Iannucci, who who wrote uh, The Thick of It. Have you seen The Thick of It? Oh, yeah. Great show. Okay. So he's the writer on that. Yep. He also wrote Death of Stalin. Death of Stalin tells a stylized but factual version of... The, the series of events that happened surrounding and after um, the death of Joseph Stalin, yep. and that struggle for power of the of the um, upper cabinet of the of the uh, Communist Party in Soviet Russia in 1953. Yep, wonderful cast, brilliant cast, tragically funny. Uh, everybody plays their role brilliantly. Uh, some people are just in there with a with a strange accent, and yet it works. Nobody's trying to do a Russian accent. They're Brrr. all they're all Engli- no, they're all English and American guys, and it just works. As I say, it's stylized, mm. but just brilliantly executed. And I Quick. love this film. Okay. I love it. I have to check it out. Zane's oh, neither of you have seen it. No, no. I haven't. Oh. <laughs> Zane's number one film, and I have a bit of a soft spot for. Soviet history and sure. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. so that helped. <laughs> um, we've already spoken about this number one film for Zane. Um, so we're going to go into you in death, but he had Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, wow, um, fair call. But yeah, uh, to be fair though, he gave me a list that's labeled one to ten, but it starts with the one at the top and the ten at the bottom, and I've been reading it from the ten up to the one. So his favorite movie might also be the Southern the Tale of the Girl with the yeah. Rocks. Sort of, I don't know. Um, it's but I'm reading it ten to one. Okay, um, so probably Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> That makes sense. That's (laughs) certainly in line with the rest of the population. Yes, yes. Makes sense. Jordan, your number one film of all all time or just the decade or whatever it is. (laughs) Whoa, man. (laughs) Don't put that pressure on me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, number one for the decade. I feel like it's, I'm probably biased because it's my favorite movie that I've seen in real recent memory, but I did wind up going with Joker. Well, okay. Yep. Which obviously we've talked about at length fairly recently. So just scroll up on your phone and- that's that's what I thought about it, but brilliant! I I loved it. It was brilliant. I I went back to see it in the cinema a second time. I wish I did, and I I, I probably still could. I think there's still at least probably session out, yeah. a day going <laughs> on. But yeah, I've um I as soon as it popped up on um like a torrent site with a good quality, I okay. grabbed it. <laughs> of course, readily at my at readily at my disposal whenever I'm ready. What a just, uh, great movie! Now I said when 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 we reviewed it, I said that it was a film that certainly is in my top. You know whatever it was of, of all time mm-hmm. uh, and would probably remain rated quite highly by everybody uh, forever. 
uh, and I was worried going into the, the the cinema for the second time. You might feel differently. That I yeah I may have just gotten caught up in the height and sort of the right. excitement. It, I mean, it is a br- brilliant film, and I may have just been blown away by how awesome it was, uh, and just remembered that rather than being appreciating an actually good film. Right? Uh, no, it's actually a good film. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. This is not I felt, shade. I felt exactly the same way the second time. That's good to hear. Film didn't even crack my top twenty. Well, I didn't hate it by all means. I liked it, but yeah, yeah, I just didn't. I you guys obviously you you saw something in this film that I didn't, and you guys have both latched onto it a lot more than I have. And you know, I like a comic book film. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> um, but it's not, and it, that's that's the yes. that's the wonderful thing about that's certainly why I like it so much. Mm. But yeah, for me, it was if I was doing a top fifty. And maybe purely for me running out of movies to list. <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't make that far up. But my number one, uh, we've spoken about what we do in the shadows. Well, number one. Exactly. Fucking great okay. film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But we've we've reviewed it. We've spoken about it already on this episode. So I don't know how do you tell, but if you haven't seen it, because you may not have, honestly, it's a New Zealand comedy. If you live in the States, the it's a good a bit, chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it before or after Taika did Hunt for the Wilder People as well? Another great film? Before. Yeah. Um, but- it's the kind of thing that because he's getting more and more shots in Hollywood right now. Yeah. Um, he's in the Mandalorian for fuck's sake. Is he really? He's the robot. Does he play, oh. ba- play Baby Yoda? No, <laughs> he plays the the robot that looks like the robot from the other Star Wars film, but he's not. Okay, the way they didn't. I know exactly what you're talking about. The Bounty Hunter one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, it's gonna help. It'll get seen more and more. I'd imagine just because he's getting more out there and okay. being more noticeable. But it did come in just before he kind of hit big Hollywood style. So if you haven't done it. Seriously, and he's Watch got it. A, he's got a new one coming out as well soon, doesn't he? You're, I believe so. You're off to. You're both off to see. Uh, oh, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Oh, is that yeah. his? Yeah. Oh, okay. He plays yeah. Hitler. Lovely. Yeah, can't <laughs> um, I can't <laughs> wait for that one. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, um, but that'll be. I think we'll have to sneak that into review in a couple of weeks' yeah. time when it matches up with our schedule. But yeah, fun times had by all. Excellent. So that was our top ten of the decade. I'm not missing anyone, right? We're all done. We're all done. Yep. yep. All good. That's it. Death of Stalin wins for me. Yep. Cool. We really um that 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 bottom which, three which also each, crazy different, which it, I loved. Mm. Death of Stalin didn't appear on any top hundred, top whatever list that I could find. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Was that a movie that just kind of went under the radar a bit, or why do you think that is? I don't think it went under the radar. Too many pro Stalin yeah. <laughs> people, <with> film critics. <laughs> no, I, just, I I I don't think the subject matter um was particularly, or that people felt was particularly relevant. Yeah, I guess that's right. It was absolutely a political commentary on just how crazy things can get when you've got a big power vacuum. Mm -hmm. And it's just wonderfully done. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Highly, highly recommend. Mm. Got a few from this episode to watch now. (laughs) Me too, actually. That's what I'm up to tonight. (laughs) Well, we'll be back next Wednesday with our bottom 10 films of the decade. Mm. Because I am ready to dunk on so many movies. (laughs) Because it wouldn't be the internet if we didn't end with- um, A down. (laughs) End with complaints, (laughs) I guess. Um, But yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm really nice that we had those all like 40 movies we just went through all thereabouts anyway with double ups. And none of them- we're really like, oh, actually no, one of them was if you don't like Skyfall, you monster. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm glad that I'm still public enemy number one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that didn't change. Um, you just wait till I tell Facebook about your opinions on Joker. <laughs> what, if that, it, that it would maybe make the top 50 of the- of that's, in, that's insulting. <laughs> Angry reacts all around. Oh. Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. 
Hit us up on the Facebooks at facebook.com forward slash second take or go to Seb's personal page for all the worst hot takes in history. <laughs> They're not bad. They're all good. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, secondtakepodcast at gmail.com um, or jump to our website, secondtakepodcast.com. Um, if you guys have your own top 10 lists as well, like I said, there'll be a post up on Facebook around the time this episode's come out. Jump on there. Hit us up with that one. Show everyone that Skyfall's a top nine contender. For or the decade, be honest and agree with me <laughs> that it was a tragically awful film. But but Adele did the theme song. She wouldn't put her name on a movie that was bad. She's not Sam. What's his Madonna name? did the theme song for like The World Is Not Enough. Also, a not very good Bond film. This is better than that. Um, and we'll see you on Monday with our review of Last Action Hero. I can't wait to reveal what I thought about that film. Can I point off? We are, I mean, I'm all saying we should stretch out this. We're going we're gonna to go home, but we are 55 minutes. We almost variety hour. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but that day was not today. <laughs> can, you, can you not waffle for five more minutes? Sir? I could, but I'm not going to. Maybe in the bad week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.